Luke. We're going to 1 Peter. We're going to 1 Peter today. I uh, I told Brother Aaron, he's working today, I told him last night, I said, pray for me, brother, I'm torn between what I would want to preach today. And uh, he said he would, and uh, I, I've struggled with it all morning. I've read, I've prayed, and just now, God just give me freedom to do what. He wanted me to do. And a lot of times that's his way of saying, I want you to depend on me instead of yourself. Yeah. Amen. And, and if I can't follow God today and get, try to give you help from heaven for what he's given me, then we might as well go to the house. Amen. Because uh, I can't do anything without him today, that's for sure. First Peter chapter number 1. Let's stand for the reading of God's word and prayer for the message if you're able. Verse number 15 and number 16 as we read together. From the precious word of God. The Bible says. In verse number 15. But as he which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written. Be ye holy. For I am holy. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God, we do love you, Lord. We thank you for the word of God. Lord, we thank you for the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit of God that has been here this morning. Lord, we thank you for the one having faith and coming forward to be anointed today, dear God. Lord, we know that there's no power in the hands that we possess. But, dear God, we know that your hands possess all the power. And, Lord, we cry out unto you, dear God, one more time. Lord, asking you to give us help from heaven. And, Lord, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus that you will give us the words of wisdom to speak unto your people. Dear God, for you're going to have to fill these lips, for I don't have a whole lot on this right here today. But, God, I know that this is where you'd want us to go. And, Lord, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus that you would undergird us with spirit and power from above. Dear God, to where we may preach the word of God. And, Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, we humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. And thank you so much for standing. You may be seated today. I appreciate the good word of the Lord. Amen. I appreciate good old-fashioned Holy Ghost, God sent salvation. Uh, folks, if we're going to make it to heaven today, uh, it's going to be through Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way that we're going to be able to reach that point of heaven uh, and to reach that place the Bible calls paradise. Uh, but my friend, as we are saved here today on this earth, uh, we are on a journey of life uh, that should bring some sort of holiness into your life. And what I mean by holiness, I didn't mean that's the way that you worship, uh, the way that I preach, or the way that I pray or the way that you pray uh, but I'm talking about the way that you live your life uh, folks I believe it's a lost art uh, unfortunately amongst a lot of people today uh, or when they get up from an altar of prayer uh, they think that's it and that's over with and they're, uh, they're saved and I hope and pray that they are but the Bible tells me once salvation comes into our heart and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he grants forgiveness of our sins uh, it tells me uh, in the word of God that we are 
are a new creature in Christ. In other words, we don't talk the way that we used to talk. We don't go to the same places we used to go to. We have a completely different outlook on life. You begin to wonder why churches suffer today. Well, it might be because of the life that we're portraying and living in front of others when we should be living a life of godliness and holiness and representing the kingdom of God in the way that it should be represented. Amen. Listen, I'm not here today to try to tell you to be something that you're not. But what I am trying to say is be something that you are. Amen. If you're saved, if you're blood-bought, if you're part of the kingdom of God, we ought to have a special look about us. We ought to have a special countenance that rests upon us. We ought to have a particular lifestyle that we live. For when Jesus delivers us out of the pits of sin and the miry clay of sin, we become that new creature in Christ. And when we become that new creature, my friend, there's a change that has took place. He's the only one that I know that can take a black heart, cleanse it with red blood, and it become white as snow. That's the God of heaven that we serve today. That's your Savior and King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Shouldn't we represent the kingdom well? Shouldn't we represent the Lord Jesus Christ? Matter of fact, the Bible says they were called Christians first in Antioch. And what does that word Christian there mean? It means to be Christ-like. Now, I'm not so naive to tell you and to believe that we're going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect for we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I do believe we'll leave a sinful lifestyle. And that lifestyle will move away from us. We'll try our best to live a life of godliness and righteousness and holiness. Because believe it or not, people will look at your life and they'll say, Oh, you go to Turning Point Church. Or you go to this church. Or you go to that church. But yet you're living like hell itself. My friend, that does not work. That is not a way to build a work. And the house of God, that's not the way it's supposed to be. But when Jesus comes by and gives you a heart transplant, our lives become different. Things become different in our lives. Our focal points become different. And I'm glad that I've got the real thing today in the Lord Jesus Christ as He saved my poor wretched soul back in 1993. I'm glad and I still remember remember the day that he saved me. I'm glad to know that when I got up from that altar of prayer, I was no longer singing Whiskey Ben and Hell Bound, but I came through the works place singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. And yet people looked at me like I was crazy. And they said, what's wrong with that boy? And I plainly told them, I went looking for Jesus and he found me and he came into my heart and life and I'm different than I used to be and many people tried to get me to go back out into the world of sin and pleasure but my friend sin only has a pleasure for a season and then it's going to be gone but I'm talking about eternity I'm talking about time everlasting from the time that you die and will never end how much of a tragedy how great of a tragedy would it be for you to leave this world today and spend an eternity Eternity in a devil's hell. I'm here to tell you folks, holy lifestyles is taught in the Bible. Jesus lived a holy lifestyle. His followers lived a holy lifestyle. And my friend, we 
should be people of God and not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ but let others know where we stand and what we believe in that we believe in the scripture I believe in it from cover to cover I believe in it on the front of it where it says holy bible I even believe down here in the bottom where it says genuine leather amen that's how much that I believe in the word of God today to be true I've seen it take lives and transform lives the problem is this many people are selfish they don't want to give up the things of this world they're afraid that they're going to have to turn their backs on their friends they're thinking they won't have any friends but my friend once you get a good dose of Holy Ghost salvation you'll understand and know that this life is not about you this life's not about me it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he can do in our lives through the Spirit of God as he speaks to our hearts I'm glad that there is a holy lifestyle that is commanded to you and I Amen. first Peter verse chapter 1 verse 16 throw that back up there Josh verse 16 because it is written be ye holy for I am holy as we think of that word holiness first of all I want us to look at the way of holiness let's define that word holiness what sort of a life is a holy life we want to know the way of holiness this morning holiness I can tell you is the opposite of unrighteousness it's the opposite of evil it's the opposite of sin the more a holy per- the more a person is holy the less He is that is sinful. The more of God that we put in, the less of the devil people will be seeing in our lives. You see, holiness is the fundamental attribute of a sinless God. Jesus Christ was absolutely holy. He was sinless. And holiness is something that most people unfortunately are not. And they don't know a whole lot about. Holiness is conforming to the ways of God and removing yourself from the ways of this world. Holiness is a virtue. A divine virtue. Holiness is godliness. Holiness is not the popular thing. Most books and magazines and the entire news media are anti-holy things of God. They'll print it and they'll show it on TV as much unholiness and ungodliness as possible. But holiness is the way that God wants the saints to live. It's the way that you live your life on an everyday basis. It's not just how you act on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. It's how we live our life each and every day in which we live. I thank God that when I got saved, I fell in love with Jesus, Brother Joe. And when I fell in love with Jesus, some things changed in my life. I saw all of a sudden on Sundays when I woke up, I wanted to go to church. Amen. I wanted to go to the house of God when I woke up. And when we was raising our kids and we raised 
raised them in church. My friend, none of them ever had to run in on a Sunday morning and get up in the bed with mama and daddy and say, Mama or daddy, are we going to church today? They never did say it. You know why? Because they knew we were going to church. They knew we were going to the house of God. They knew we were going where we could get blessed. They knew we were going where we could get fed the Word of God. And my friend, that's the position that I continue to take today. We're wondering why all of our children are going wayward. We're wondering why the church loses them after their high school years. I can tell you this. It's because of ungodliness. It's because of unholiness. But my friend, we ought to train those kids up in the way that they should go. To where they wouldn't be fearful of raising their hand and praising God. To where they wouldn't be fearful to stand before a crowd and sing the gospel. To where they wouldn't be afraid or ashamed to share the testimony that God has given them. The Bible still commands us in 2 Corinthians 6.17 Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I'm glad that I've come out from among them. Amen. You know what the craziest thing is I've thought about? Is, is this. I didn't even know the scripture when I got saved. I didn't even know that scripture existed about coming out from among them and being separate. But yet the Holy Spirit of God spoke to me and told me that I needed to be separated. Amen. I didn't want to go back to those places. I didn't want to do the things that I used to do. Why? Because God had created in me a new heart. And when God had created in me a new heart, my friend, I'm here to tell you today, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm not perfect. But I can get in touch with God when I've got a need. And matter of fact, I like to talk to Him when I don't have a need. Amen. I like to talk to Him all the time. And just experience His marvelous mercy and His marvelous grace. So there is a way of holiness. But number two, what is the why of holiness? The Bible says, as He who called you is holy, so be holy. See, the reason that we are to be holy is because God has commanded us to be holy. He says, be ye holy. It's, not a, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. He's not saying, well, if you feel like it, you need to live for the Lord. He, it's not that he's saying, well, you know, if, you, if you're saved, just, 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 just try to do the best that you can and, and act like you love me. No, he says, be holy. Holy. See, we need no other reason today uh, of living a godly life other than God has commanded it to us. Now, I don't know about you today, but when God speaks, uh, He speaks volumes to my heart and He speaks volumes to my mind and my soul. uh, And I know when God says to be holy because He's holy, then we ought to be living right. You know why we can't win people to the Lord these days? Because some of us live like hell itself. Hello? I'm just being honest with you today. I wouldn't want to get up here and mislead you in any way. 
But what I'm saying is, see, when people see that God has blessed you, uh, and when people see that you're living a life of holiness, uh, uh, they'll have confidence in you, and they just might want what you've got. Uh, And my friend, when they want what you've got, uh, you'll have the tools within yourselves and through the Word of God uh, uh, to relay unto them the message of salvation. It's as simple as what ABC, uh, one, two, three. Uh, You accept that you're a sinner, uh, accept Him as your Savior, confess unto to him my friend and you are born again into the family of God I'm glad that God made it simple it's not a big huge thing that you have to do to get saved today it's all about asking for forgiveness and the Lord Jesus coming into your heart Amen. you know what my greatest fears is this I mentioned this Wednesday night people dying going to hell on church pew that ought to be a great fear for everybody well, we, well, preacher, listen, we're sitting here on the church pew. Does that mean we're going to heaven? No, that don't mean you're going to heaven. That means you might be making the first step to get there. Well, what does that mean, preacher? Well, it means this. Just because your grandma and grandpa died and went to heaven don't mean you're going. Just because mom and daddy died and went to heaven doesn't mean that you're going. You see, salvation is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If I could save you today, I would. But I can't. If I could put a gun to your head and bring you to an altar of prayer and make you repent and that work, I'd do it. But that ain't going to work either. You got to go willingly. When the Lord Jesus Christ touches your heart, Amen. And, and, and that contrite spirit comes about you and begins to draw you to a place of salvation. My friend, that's when we'll get our hearts right with God. He says, Be ye holy. See, we habitually do many things which were not even remotely suggested or commanded by God. Yet we don't do what God commands us to do. This explains many of troubles today. This this explains many of churches today. This explains many of movements today. Our text here gives us two reasons today. Not only is the fact that God commanded us to be holy uh, a, a good reason, but the fact that He is holy Is another reason for us being holy. God's people by virtue of their salvation need to be holy people. We need to live a life uh, that would be uh, uh, well uh, respected by others as they look upon your life. But listen, we're not living this life to get plaudits from others. We're doing it because we we serve a God that looks at us and and, and is going to judge us one day. He knows everything that we do. He knows every move we make. And my friend, we're going to have to stand before God one day. Amen. I don't understand people, so-called Christians. They'll get down on all of prayer. They come up. They say they're saved. They'll still try to live their life. But yet they still dab in sin. You mean that still happens? Oh, yeah. I know some people today, they claim to be saved. But if you see them on Facebook, they got a beer in their hand. Or they got a wine bottle in their hand. Uh-uh. Hello. Amen. That's not the godly thing. Oh, but preacher, you're not. Listen, don't argue with the Bible on that. I'm here to tell you. Alcohol's a mess. It's straight from the pits of hell tonight, today. I promise you that. Well, how can you say that, preacher? Because I've seen the lives that have been destroyed by it. I've not only seen the lives destroyed by it, I've seen families destroyed by it, and I've seen people literally lose their life. Innocent people lose their life because of it. It's bad. 
Study the scripture in Proverbs. Oh, but you know, preacher, Jesus turned the water into wine. Study your scripture. Study your scripture. Make sure you understand what all that means. Amen. Before you start the judgment today. I'm here to tell you, I see too many lives destroyed from it. Too many lives destroyed from it. You can ask this lady right over there in that blue shirt how many times she's had to go out to calls working with the coroner's office and have to take a peek inside of a car and it's bad news. Ask her about how many times she's probably walked into a house and seen that it was all because of alcohol. Listen, it's bad stuff. Listen, the thing today, though, you know, and everybody may say, well, you know, I don't have to worry about that because I, 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 don't, I don't drink today. And praise God, I'm glad that you don't. But what's, what's, what, what's the difference between that when you abuse prescription drugs? That's right. Folks, there's so many people hooked on pills today, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, they run out and then they, they're downtown trying to buy it off the street because they can't make it through the day without a pill. I got a pill for you, the gospel pill. That'll work, amen? I'm not trying to be critical today. I'm, I'm just trying to let you know that God is expecting something from us. He says for us to be holy. We are to live holy lives before others, but mostly before God. Because what God has blessed us with, and God has truly blessed us all. We were able to get up in the house, to come to the house of the Lord this morning. We were able to talk to one another. We were able to speak to one another. We were able to come in here and be comfortable in our pews and in the, in, in the air-conditioned building. And we're talking, listen, we are blessed people today. They could be hanging a toe tag on you this morning. Blessed. We got up breathing. We got up breathing. But number three. The wear of holiness. In all manner of life. You see our text makes it plain that every place in our life we're to be holy. We're to be holy at work as well as worship. Away with the idea that we can take care of this matter of holiness by a couple of hours a week in a church service. You know what happens when you eat just a couple of times a week? One time a week, three times a week. You become famished. You become sick in body. You come to a point to where you just don't know what's going to happen with your life because you're eating very little. Put that on the spiritual side. What happens if you're only eating from the table of God two or three times a week? You may be coming to Sunday school. You may be coming to Sunday morning worship. You may be coming to Sunday evening worship. You may be coming to Wednesday night Bible study. May I say that's still not enough. You'll starve to death. Well, what I need to do, preacher... If you want to be a Christian, if you're going to live this life of holiness, grab that word of God and dig in it each and every day and look inside of it and allow it to minister to your heart. And listen, if you don't study it out for yourself, how do you know that I'm telling you the truth? Huh? How are you going to know? I could get up here and tell you that there's monkeys hanging from the moon and you'd believe it. These monkeys, and they're hanging from places, but they're not, it's not the moon. What I'm saying is we have to feed ourselves the Word of God. That's right. Amen. 
Oh, and as we studied in Revelation Wednesday night, uh, John got the book and the Lord said, eat the book, that it's going to be bitter and sweet. He said he put it in his mouth. He began to eat the the book. uh, And the word of God was sweet to the taste. Uh, It was sweet like honey. But when he began to digest it and it got into his belly, it was bitter. Uh, So what did that mean to John uh, as he was there on the Isle of Patmos seeing this vision going through there in the book of Revelation? It means this. uh, This book is full of bitter things uh, and yet this book is full of sweet things. Uh, We cannot rightly divide the word of God by just giving you all the sweet this morning. Uh, We have to have the bitter stuff too. Uh, We have to know when we're wrong. Uh, We have to know when we're sinning against God. Uh, And we ought to know how to live our life as a Christian uh, as it is laid out to you and I in the word of God. Amen. Uh, We are to be holy in our thoughts as well as our deeds. We're to be holy around everybody as well as the preacher and the women. There's not a place in our life that is exempt from holiness. It's the most rewarding lifestyle of all. But unholiness is advertised as where all the thrills are. And where the excitement is. How to be happy. Listen, I can tell you how to be happy in the house of God. Amen. I'll put you up here with Joe Floyd. You'll get happy. Amen. Or he'll he'll dance all over your toes. Amen. This is all a lie from the pits of hell today. I believe God's people ought ought to be happy people. Amen. Unholiness is a terrible curse that will eventually destroy all that is good. No one ever regretted living a holy life. But the regrets are abundant in those who have given themselves to unholy living. Scorn holiness if you want to today. But it's a lifestyle that will reward you handsomely. Even when unholiness abounds. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. The scripture is plain. He says, I beseech you therefore brethren. What is Paul saying? Paul is speaking to the Christians. He says, I beseech you. In other words, you need to pay attention. He says, let me get your attention just for a minute. He says, I beseech you therefore brethren. That means Christians, listen up. I'm fixing to tell you something really important. He says, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So living a godly life and living a holy life is not unreasonable. It is not something that uh, can be taken lightly, but it's not something that is unreasonable. Oh, well, the preacher said I need to live this way. No, the preacher didn't tell you to live that way. God says to live this way. Amen. You know why Christians have lost their influence? It's the way we live. Christians have lost their influence because of the way that they live in themselves. But folks, I'm here to tell you, as long as there's a God in heaven and a spirit to speak to my soul, May the Holy Ghost of God convict me when I'm going in the wrong direction. May the Holy Ghost of God convict me when I'm about to have an evil thought or going down a wrong road. May the Holy Ghost of God continue to be real in my heart to keep me on a path of righteousness. Are you perfect preacher? No, I'm not and you are not either. But I do know one that is and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he can help us all today to live a life that others will look at us and say, you know what? You went through all of that. How did you go? Go through that. How did you live through that? They questioned Brother Joe Floyd all the time. He lost a precious daughter. Beautiful young lady. At a very early age. 
A lot of you know the story. And many people have asked him. Many people have asked Brother Jim McComas, who lost a young child at a very young age. What was it? For? It was addictions that caused these things. They lost those children. And I've heard them ask Joe, I've heard them ask Jim, how did you make it through life? How have you been able to make it knowing that you've lost a child? It's all by God's grace. Amen. And it's all by God's mercy. And we began to pray and pray for Brother Joe's family. And one day I seen Joe praying. I said, Joe, I want to help you pray. What are you praying about? I'm praying for this fellow that was responsible for my daughter's death. I said, you want to pray for him? Yeah. I said, you don't want to kill him? Be honest with me now. Ain't that most of us how we'd feel? You think, think about it, but now let's be honest now. Amen. Somebody harms your child, they harming you. Yeah. Right? Amen. Right or wrong, if somebody murders your child, you want them to the chair. And you, you, you're hoping that the chair gets them before you do. Right? I mean, that's how you feel deep inside. Even as a Christian, you feel that way. That's right. Amen. Mallory, think about your back. You know, you'd fit. She's precious. Somebody calls the death of that child. You'd be wanting something bad. To happen. Listen, that's our flesh that's right. feeling that way. And rightfully so, because we're anger, we're hurt, and we're wanting justice, right? This man comes down to the altar. I said, What can I help you pray for, Joe? Pray for that man. I was shocked. I said, why are you wanting to pray for him? He said, if that man will get his heart right with God. And if the Lord Jesus will save him. No telling how many people he could reach with his testimony. And other people will be one to Christ. And other people will go to heaven. All because God saved him out of a terrible, sinful situation. Amen. And you know what I had to do after that? I had to repent. Because I realized real quick that what that man did was right. And the way I had felt in my heart for many things was wrong. I wasn't looking at the big picture of the kingdom. I wasn't thinking about grandbabies coming along in the future that somebody's going to need to reach for Jesus. I didn't think about your children that are here that may not be saved. I didn't think about them needing to be reached by Jesus for somebody, by someone. Amen. You see, we know that God does the saving. He does the cleansing. We know that. But God uses you and I as an extension of his hand to reach those people with the gospel of the Christ of heaven. And isn't that good today to know that we serve a God of holiness that asked us in our reasonable service to be holy? And you know what? I believe if our lives will exemplify that life of a Christian, I believe we'll be able to reach more people for the Lord. 
But if they see you walking around all the time with your head stuck down between your legs, having the awfulest day of your life, they can look at you and say, what in the world? I want what they've got because they're in worse shape than I am. I'm here to tell you, I'm not in the worst shape as a lost person. I'm sitting pretty good today. Not because of what I have or what I've got. That has nothing to do with it. And I ain't got a whole lot anyway. But it's who I've got. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to stand this morning as they come get us a song of invitation. As we begin to pray for the service, this altar service today. I don't know who the message was for. It was for somebody or God wouldn't have gave it to me like he did. Maybe today you need to decide in your heart and your life that you need a checkup. And that you need to have a fire of fervor renewed in your heart and your spirit. Maybe you want to come and ask the Lord to help you to live a life more becoming of a Christian. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus at all as your Savior. And you need to be saved. I'll be glad to take you down the Roman road and show you the scripture of how you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're here, you've been saved, you've just been out of the will of God. Maybe you've backslid on God. Thank God for 1 John 1, 9. He said, if you'll ask, He's faithful and just to forgive you. Listen, I know we only get saved one time, but listen. Sometimes we need forgiveness. And there may be somebody in your life that you know today that's playing a game, living a life, trying to be something that they're really not. Trying to live a life of holiness and Maybe they think everybody at church believes they're okay. You've seen the life that they live and it's not okay. If you know somebody like that, we'll bring them to the cross. Bring them to the altar of prayer. And allow them. The God of heaven to know that you're praying for them. As people are moving across the building, making their way down, don't be ashamed of the gospel. If you've got any need today, whether it be spiritual, physical, God's got the answers. Maybe you're here, you don't have a need of anything today. But you just may want to come pray on behalf of another. God can help you. Father, in Jesus' name, as we come to you today, Lord, I ask you to move upon the congregation. Bless these hearts that are already praying. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'll move upon someone's hearts that needs it the most today. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You come and you pray.